2: Well, Derby fans, where do we start with the past 48 hours? How about pride? Not a word that has been associated with our club, particularly off the pitch the past two years. But today, on a Sunday morning, it can only be pride. Pride in the players wearing the black and white. Pride in Wayne Rooney and Liam Rossini for not giving up on us when it would have been infinitely easier to walk away pride in pride park 21,000 rams fans creating noise and atmosphere i'm not sure i've heard even at forest matches or playoff semi-finals it was emotion it was desperation it was exasperation but first and foremost it was pride in the badge pride in those on the pitch today but every other ram past and present has made up the fabric of the club in its 137 year history this team may well ultimately be taken away from us but that history and this club's soul never can be whatever happens in the coming weeks pride park will always have that 90 minutes that noise and that team a team who against all the odds have delivered a run of form to give us hope it's a cliche but in this case it may well be that hope is ultimately what kills us a team who despite seemingly having every possible obstacle and distraction thrown in its way have already earned themselves a unique part in our hearts and the club's history We are, of course, going to be coming on to the ongoing dire news off the pitch, which only seems to get worse whenever a glimmer of that hope looks like emerging. Later in the pod, we'll do that, but I think we owe it to the players, our listeners, and to be quite honest ourselves, to reflect first on two of the best goals we've ever seen at Park, or, or have seen for quite some time, and an atmosphere to rival any other. On the pitch, where all the football's talking should, of course, be done, Derby County beat Sheffield United, the league's form team, 2-0. A spectacular Tom Lawrence brace to give the Rams 13 points from a possible 15 in their last five league matches. Welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washington Derby County's Independent Fans Podcast. I am Richard Kutcher, and joining me for a dissection of mixed emotions is Tom Martin, fresh from a, uh, a bit of a podcasting sabbatical. How are you doing? I, I barely recognize your face. <laughs>
1: I've uh, changed over the uh, few weeks that I've been away. It's, uh, it's really
2: good to be back and delighted to be here in person uh, alongside yourself and obviously Anton as well. And Anton Martin. Anton, we are recording in a new venue this morning. Shay, Anton, thank you for having us.
0: The cat yeah, Welcome to, to my abode for the first time. Um, very nice words there, Kutch, at the start. It certainly felt like a very emotional day yesterday and I'm sure it'll only get even more emotional over the, the next few weeks as well.
2: Yeah, the next couple of weeks obviously look uh, tough and uh, more of an emotional roller coaster to come for sure and we will uh, we'll be coming on to that in the second half of the pod. As I mentioned now, I am personally starting a bit of a health kick as of this weekend so I manfully resisted a celebratory drink last night but I've no doubt you two did indulge and maybe even there was one or two derby brewing company beers in there as ever steve bloomers washing is partnered with derby brewing derby's original craft brewer and we do recommend getting down to the tap or one of their other locations across the city for a drop or two tom unfortunately we weren't there yesterday uh, at pride park but we were all glued to it from afar how just how good did the stadium and the fans sound yesterday and and how much Derby FOMO were you you feeling as you saw and heard those Tom Lawrence absolute blistering wonder goals flying in in front of the South Stand? Yeah,
1: massive, massive FOMO there. But... um... Yeah, so, so amazed at the, the atmosphere and so impressed with the fans, of how much noise and how much support they've given the team, not just yesterday, but all season. And the players keep saying about how, how inspirational they've been and the emotion in post-match interviews from the likes of Lawrence and others, um, just talking about the, the fans and what they, they've done. And it's it's the sort of thing that inspires you as a fan and makes you want to be there at every single possible time you can be. Um, and when you are there, you just want to cheer this group of players on because my God, they battle. Uh, and it's it, I think it's one of my this one of my favorite derby teams of like maybe the last decade i mean 13 14 excluded they're not the greatest quality team okay we accept that but well, the quality was there yesterday Well, it was <laughs> yes that's fair but um, but they put they they wear they wear the shirt on the, the badge on the sleeve the heart on the sleeve and they they absolutely battle every single game and they don't give anything up and i'm so proud of to be a derby fan at the moment with the the amount of effort that those players put in and i just wish that the players of four or five seasons, the last four or five seasons have put the same amount of effort into it as this this team this season because if they had, we wouldn't be in this mess.
2: Anthony, it was a, it was a game of few chances up until Lawrence's goal it was only two shots on target from both sides. Obviously, both Derby's shots on target went in. Fozzie almost scored another of those big looping back to front post headers <laughs> he <loves it. laughs> earlier in the second half and I watched the highlights back. I was like, oh, how's that not gone in? I've seen that one before. But Rooney said in his, his post-match interviews that this was the first time he'd actually been worried about the players going going into the game because of the late crushing developments which included losing Phil Jagielka, a real stalwart of the side this the season and, and Graham Shinney, another experienced passionate pro from the dressing room and we'll come on to both of those a bit more detail later but you know, I too was worried going into, going into this game could this be a game where we do finally see the kind of the morale crumble uh, ultimately that damage the players so so bearing that in mind a clean sheet a result as i said against one of the form teams in the division how highly do you rate that performance and, and this team yeah i mean
0: i i have to agree with with your comments and and rooney's it, it did feel like a little bit of a step too far we've we've continuously been impressed by this derby side and how they've they've risen up against everything that's going on off the pitch but it felt like a a particularly difficult one to pick themselves up for yesterday, but looking at the performance on the pitch, you would, would have no idea of what's going on behind the scenes. Had you somehow managed to right. avoid it on all of the social media and wherever else you get your news, and it was it was so nice for the, for that ninety minutes to just focus on the football. And it, it was so nice for us as fans. I'm sure it was great for the players, the backroom staff to, to be able to put in that performance and to make us remember why we love football and why we love Derby County. And and to, to put in that performance and, and show that quality against, as, as you say, an informed Sheffield United side who are pushing for the playoffs and come out of it with a, what was in the end a comfortable 2-0 victory is just testament to
1: those players and, and Wayne Rooney really. It's the character of all the players from start to uh, start to finish, and from one to eleven plus the five off the bench, and all those who are supporting in the back room. And um, Rooney and senior have done such wonders with the with the team and on really limited resources. But um, Lawrence obviously will get the plaudits for two fantastic goals yesterday. Absolute brilliant, brilliant. It's a skill, uh, but also when I like say at the back. Ryan alsop that save I'm not sure who flicked the header towards goal um, I think it was just before the, the first goal and the flick over the top of the bar what a save that is and like, we have definitely criticised alsop Bruce and Marshall over the years but has is, is really defying his, his critics and is, is on a sparkling run of form and I really hope that continues because um, it breeds confidence from the back uh obviously davis and jagielka have been phenomenal this season but stearman stepped in against west brom stepped in again yesterday was excellent and and yeah lawrence brought some quality to a game which sort of lacked that quality and those two moments of quality um from him really stealed that game
0: Ste- yes yeah, Ste- Ste- stearman in particular you have to highlight i mean he, he, the way he's come into this team not only yesterday but a couple of weeks ago as well and has really slotted in and and filled the big boots of Jagielka who's been superb this season and we'll come on to this. Um, a little bit later I'm sure it was devastating to all of us to, to see Jagielka leave but to have someone like Stearman um, the the season pro that he is and to keep a clean sheet against uh, that Sheffield United team somehow Billy Sharp didn't score against Yay! us which <laughs> seems to happen every single time um, but yeah we, massive kudos to, to Richard Stearman
2: but yeah all, all those players you mentioned there and, and all the rest of the team as well we, we, I said this last night you, it's so often kind of a real kind of cliche or common criticism of players that oh they don't care or they're not playing for the shirt you don't deserve to wear the shirt or or players look disinterested like I can't think of a team where that is more the polar opposite of what's happening. Like for for so many reasons, and you can talk about obviously they're professionals; they're they're paid good money to play, no matter what the circumstances. But you know they would be only human if they had one eye on on finding the move. You know, lots of those players are out of contracts at the end of the summer; they they'll be wanting not to get injured to get a new contract somewhere else because the club that currently employs them might not exist in less than a month's time. So to to be, continue putting those performances in, not just doing what they should do, but going above and beyond that and and really becoming one of the toughest teams to play against in the division is just you can't you can't praise it enough can you so, yeah exactly it's that is a there's a professional responsibility there but then
1: there's also that human understanding that I could I could get if if the performances drop off and I could I can understand if they do drop off towards the end of the season for whatever reason but also as you said at the top of the show pride there's a personal pride in there and the fact that they are battling for for this shirt they're also battling for their careers because yeah. the club could go under uh, at the end of this month it could go under next month it could go under at the end of the season um, they could of course these players be playing for us again next year we, we don't know and we, we're only going to find out over the next few weeks but they want to to do the best they possibly can the situation to show that they are a. Hard-working players B. Good quality players and then they can get themselves an award later on and I fully support everything that all of those players are doing um, not one of them is letting us down at the moment um,
2: and the effort they're putting in I can only have no higher praise for We have over the past four years on this podcast had the pleasure to talk about some pretty special goals we've had uh, to talk about some pretty scrappy goals and more often than not some pretty terrible goals conceded as well but let's just bask in the glory of... I, I, will you, have you seen a better brace of, of goals before by a Derby County player? I've thrown that one at you, so I, I can't, I've, I've kind of shocked you of that one, but let's talk about them individually. The first really is just mesmerising individual skill. The speed with which Tom Lawrence ran at the defenders, turning players inside out more than once and having having the composure to finish it in front of the south stand. I mean, those defenders, Tom, didn't really have a chance of stopping him, did, did they? Which so often Tom is accused of kind of stopping and starting and standing players up and and then kind of the defence regroups but he didn't stop that run he just didn't stop took them on took them on took them on and they had no answer yeah direct well balanced two feet and
1: that's really two footed that whole performance was
2: two footed wasn't
1: it a fantastic finish with his left foot into the bottom corner having like two two finishes with his left foot as well yeah no that's yeah that's a great point the second one arguably the finish was better but actually maybe the beginning part I don't know both goals are great aren't they but the fact he he spins like two or three Sheffield United players burst through them and then he just attacks the centre-back and doesn't give them time to sort of set themselves um, and the centre-back is like stood up and he's trying to close and get close but he knows if he gets too close Lawrence is going to either slip the ball inside or skip past him so he, he tries to drop off and buy some time and he can't because Lawrence is, is quick and he's direct and he goes straight at him he goes for the jugular and he absolutely hammers that ball past the goalkeeper and it's a, it's a brilliant finish but the run I mean it's, it's reminiscent of a sort of power one chop. It cool. Let's pull is. that one back because, mm. like, the run from inside inside the half from one chop against United, like, this was slow and language. You're like, where's he going? He's going towards the heart of the defence. They're backtracking and he sucks it in. But Lawrence is slightly different because it's the pace of which he does it. And obviously, it's from closer in, but he does beat more players, I would say, than one chop by actually skinning them. Whereas one chop just makes them fearful and they back off and yeah it's a brilliant goal w- one of the best goals I've seen f- for Derby for a long time I, d- I don't really remember seeing that pace from
0: exactly. Tom Lawrence. that's what I was going to ask you
2: yeah you've never seen him combine this pace and skill together he's normally more stop start isn't he but Yeah, do it more often yeah
0: you often see the, the kind of showboaty touches and, and turns but the acceleration the, the Sheffield United defenders couldn't get close to him and he left them in his wake and it it is the player that we we, we signed all those years ago after those kind of successful loan spells that he had in the championship that's the kind of goal that he was scoring um, several years ago it's a shame we haven't seen it as often as as we we might have but yeah it was it was amazing to see yesterday
1: and there's certainly been comments at this time where we've we've talked about Lawrence and maybe attitude and body language and it's not been not being good enough i know chris has certainly mentioned that in in pods and i have as well uh before and we've mentioned it to each other at the moment Lawrence is stepping up and we all questioned whether Lawrence was the right call for captain by Rooney and, and on this showing at the moment he is, he's leading by example and he's not leading by example by shouting and bawling at people because maybe that's Curtis Davis's job but he's leading by example with his performance and the goal yesterday that first one going back to the fans it's the kind of thing where you you might be sitting on your chair going oh the game sort of it's a bit tight see where it's going see that moment of skill you stand up in your seat and you go go on go on you've got this and then it gets close towards goal and he hits it into the bottom corner and you go absolutely wild and some of the videos from that yesterday, there's sort of absolute scenes, and it looks like an away end, doesn't it? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's that's exactly what you want as a football fan, and that's the passion and the the drama that you you live for as a football fan. So
2: it was only a month ago, a month or so ago, certainly before before the new year, and you probably have to say that this run from Tom Lawrence probably started with the Millwall away game when he did that great assist at Millwall, but. It was only a month or so ago where we had the debate on the podcast, you know, bearing in mind Tom Lawrence's wages, which aren't as high as has always been reported. And he's out of contracts in the summer that he might be one of the players where you go, all right, if you need to get something off the wage bill, you know, he hasn't been that consistent. Is It is a huge loss. After the last month, like you we would be absolutely devastated to to lose Tom Lawrence in the, in this relegation battle and we'll come we we'll come on to that and the players we might or might not lose in, in the second half but the second goal then the finish from Lawrence as we said emphatic left foot finish but let's just recognize for a second the role of uh, of Festy because two really crunching but fair tackles to win the ball outside our own penalty box and then that pure acceleration through the middle of the park midfielders and defenders tackling each other (laughs) in a naive attempt to bring him down it was like a number 10 staffer rushing back from the co-op with a suitcase full of booze
0: (laughs) I I really enjoyed the camera angle which was kind of behind the goal so you could see Festy running towards you and it was like watching a cartoon or something because it was was just Sheffield United defenders kind of trying to catch up with him and just colliding collapsing in a heap behind him Um, we we know Festy's got that pace um, but what was really impressive with that run Tom and I were talking about it yesterday is that for once he actually had the end product to to look up and find Forsyth on the left hand side with a really good ball. We've seen him leave defenders in his wake several times over the last few weeks but sometimes the cross has been over here or he hasn't been able to to find a a Derby shirt and and that yesterday um, was showed that he does have that quality and does have that composure and if he can really develop that over the course of the next few months um, wherever that may be he, he could turn into a real
1: player how, how about Forsyth keeping up with him? Well that, that, was, that was the <laughs> point I wanted to say and uh, about Forsyth and give him some credit on there because he's had a, a real resurgence too but um, I want someone to on the Festy run to put some road runner uh, things like, meep, meep, as he sort of like piled past the uh, the two Sheffield United players who collide and yeah Fossey does brilliantly because he sees that Festy is on the run and he goes up with him as well and then he's got the composure to pick up Lawrence and I love the fact that the Sheffield United players are, are appealing for offside and on the first camera angle I'm like how is he not offside and then they go good work agent Bog Bog <laughs> Jaden Bogle is sitting there three or four yards deeper and I'm like yeah I've seen what you've done there you've uh you played yourself played, played him onside, allowed us to get the, the two nil and just like Harry Wilson you're helping us in
2: our fight for survival we need a few more few more of those agents throughout the season uh for sure so yeah easily Tom Lawrence is Best spell, best season in a Derby shirt. Whether it's the captaincy, the siege mentality, some cute man management from from Rooney and Rossini or just a, a maybe just a general maturing uh, on and off the pitch, something's definitely clicked for him in the in the past couple of months for sure. Seven goals and three assists, I think, so far this season. Obviously obviously there's going to be interest in him surely uh, in this window and we'll we'll be in danger of losing him but is this the kind of quality Anthony kind of touched on it is this kind of quality that we've always known was in there and maybe what do you think might have been the thing which has really clicked for him to discover this kind of form
0: Uh, yeah I mean we've always known the quality is there I think A lot of the time with Lawrence it's been the consistency and attitude that's often held him back but I think the fact that it is such a siege mentality and Rooney's got the whole squad playing together and really putting in 100% Tom Lawrence is at the heart of that and it's that's probably driving him forward the fact that he's got the captaincy as well probably gives him that extra responsibility and that extra drive to to maintain his attitude and maintain his Kind of hundred percent performances, Um, so it's it's probably down to to everyone around him. But I think the the captaincy and and Wayne Rooney certainly have a big part to play in that.
2: So we thought it would be a good time to get some of your five word reviews in on this match. As ever, there were lots of really really good ones from our patrons over on Discord. uh, Tom Oliver said Tom Lawrence worth eighty million. Uh, Getty said we'll fight to the end, and Sam said. Ashley, give Wayne a chance. Amen to that. And on our other social media channels, Dan Letchford on Twitter said, the impossible might just happen. Alex Fisher, now you're going to believe us. Rob Wilcoxon, now over to the admin. Uh, Dave Cocaine, 21 points. Hold my beer. Uh Darbados slim, Steve Gibson must be fuming. Matt Reed on Facebook said players may leave, memories won't. Mark Coots, also a, a patron on Facebook said we are witnessing history boys and Nick Birch on our Instagram said this club will never die. Antoine, let's uh, let's have a word for for Wayne Rooney. Then we know we know it all already, right? It, it's worth uh, repeating to emphasise the point. England and Manchester United's greatest ever goal He does not need to be here. He does not need to be doing this. Completely committed to the club him and his staff absolutely holding the Rams together and and uniting the fan base in a way that really we've never seen before I've found him since he's taken over I've been actually surprised how reserved he generally is on the sidelines he seems seems to leave it to Rosinha to really kind of go for it whether whether it's having a go at the officials or kind of getting the players going but the celebrations yesterday for, for both of those goals was something we hadn't really seen from him. I thought he really let himself go. And it was obviously a, a huge release, I think, for of frustration, but also genuine passion and jubilation for his players. The, how imp- I mean, we've said it already before, but we've got, we've got to give another word because how impressive is he? Yeah, I mean, I'm
0: running out of superlatives really for, for Rooney and his attitude towards it. it, it he just loves loves a challenge. He lives and breathes football. Um, and as you say, it would be so easy to, for him to walk away from this club right now. He doesn't have to be there and no one would hold anything against him if he was to do that. But w- what he's doing and bringing the fans and the club and the players together and, and really being at the heart of it is, is just incredible. I really hope that we can, we can keep him and, and keep on going. For at least this season and potentially further, because if if we can have a, a proper squad and if he has a bit of time to build a squad, we it, there's no limit really to, to what he can do based on on what he's getting out of this squad that he has at his hands at the moment.
2: Anton said there about Rain really being a football person, and I think when we saw him, yeah, you know, we all watched him growing up as a player and he always was like a a fan on the pitch obviously with plus the well-class quality but in terms of the way that he held himself the way that the energy he put in he was always kind of a raw kind of street footballer and because he was that kind of fans player that seems to he he gets he gets football as Anton said he gets fans he understands what it means and I think that's that's what's driving him isn't it Tom
1: yeah absolutely and you never ever doubt Wayne Rooney's passion and his commitment for anything regardless of what he's been doing since since he really burst onto the scene as an Everton 16 year old when he scored against Arsenal and obviously the quality at Euro 2004 like he was he was as I say skillful, but then also passionate and that commitment and passion has driven him on as a manager and I've been really impressed with him over this season in particular um obviously we had a doubt as as what happened last last season he he maybe made some mistakes and naivety was saying that we wouldn't get relegated wouldn't be involved in a scrap and he was proven right eventually but I think more through luck than judgment and this year he said that we'll battle and he's exactly right and he's obviously a a great man manager a great motivator there was a, a lovely video that was on twitter from the uh, derby county official site and he was after the full time everyone was like clapping the fans and he says something to Festy. i've got no idea what it is but Festy's face just lights up and it's clearly like something like, like what a quality run you know, great composure kind of thing and it's like something that he would have been told in training to work on keep your head maybe when he's when he's running forward and try and get that quality of pass and rooney's has gone and acknowledged that Nothing major, nothing big. Just a little word. And that, that man management is so important. And Everton are in a mess at the moment. And there's no surprise he's being linked. I mean, it's a ridiculous link, let's face it. But um, there's absolutely no surprise that he's destined for a great job at some point in the future, should he want to. And he, as you say, he's a football man. So, of course, he's going to go on. And I think he could have a great career as a manager.
2: So it feels a, a long time ago now. And it's it's only only match of the last five in the league that we haven't won. But the point that Curtis Davis secured at Reading with possibly our favourite head- of all time is still an absolutely huge one in the context of the, of the league table particularly as reading have continued to collapse uh, since uh since our kind of last minute equalizer tom we've been to some good days and bad days at the dacy stadium i think more bad than good it doesn't get much better than recovering from two down in the last 10 5-10 minutes does it uh, absolutely not
1: and um, Chris put on the uh, Steve Bloomer's Washington watching Twitter about like is that the best header and I was like well what about Tom Lawrence at that very stadium in the first game for for Lampard and he was like no I want the thunder bastard header and it was a thunder bastard like as Davis leaps up you see like every single muscle in his body like stretching and straining and like he's going to absolutely bullet this into the bottom corner and the keeper doesn't move and it's a good sort of 12, 12 to 15 yards out and it buried into that vault corner and absolute chaos. And the photos afterwards of Davis like ripping his shirt and like batting in his chest and like, that's again that passion that's shown by Rooney on the sideline is then embodied on the pitch by Curtis Davis and that man is an absolute hero Um he's such he's been such a great footballer I remember when Derby got promoted to Premier League back in 2007 I heard that we signed C. Davis and I thought it was Curtis and I was excited then realised it was Claude, and was gutted um, <laughs>
2: different spelling di- as well <laughs> di- di- yeah
1: it, it is but at the time I just saw it sort of going across on Satanta Sports News or something like that and I was like oh we signed, signed him yeah but unfortunately it was the wrong one i think he ended up at villa instead but um he's been a great player all the way through his career and he's having i mean it's a great twilight of his career he's having an absolute indian summer
0: but it was it was no less than what we deserved from that game we we absolutely dominated i would say much more than we did um yesterday against sheffield united and we we probably deserved the three points apart from some sloppy defending so the fact that we were able to show the courage to come
2: back just kind of highlights the mentality of this team but it was certainly not a point that we didn't deserve in the end. I mean, there are heroes all over the pitch at the moment in that squad. Every single one of them, to be honest. We haven't we haven't mentioned Nathan Byrne. He put in the great ball for, for Curtis Davis' equaliser. He's been fantastic all season. Obviously, Richard Seaman, Curtis Davis, the midfield, Max Bird, As I said, every single podcast gets better and better. Liam Thompson is the kind of player that we've lost Shrine and, we'll, and he is a blow. But Thompson has been filling in for Shinny for the past couple of months and has, and has not looked out of place at all. Jason Knight is Jason Knight and then Colin Kazin-Richards and Luke Plange have found their goal-scoring boots so every single player is is, is putting a shift in but that is the positivity and a a hell of a team to be proud of on the pitch in the second half we will address the group of people and situation we're not so proud of of the pitch but as the Rams off-field woes continue it's been easy to forget that amid the legal wranglings and compensation claims a number of people did lose their jobs at Derby County when administration hit in September and I imagine there there could be further jobs is to come in the next couple of weeks one of those people that did lose their job was colin gibson known by many as the voice of derby county a veteran broadcaster and man who bleeds black and white he's worked either for or alongside the club for the best part of 40 years and chris had a frank passionate chat with colin for our latest patreon episode that's our membership service where you get an extra monthly episode of sbw and you can contribute to help support the podcast too Here's what Colin told Chris about how he was told he had to leave Derby County.
3: It was unfortunately one of those things that had to happen. Is the simple answer to it, I didn't want to leave as I said I really enjoyed what I was doing, but I literally got a phone call. I was sort of expecting the phone call to come um and you know, sorry, but uh this is the state of the club. We have to um we have to make cuts and I, I guess as a freelance contractor, which is what I was by that time. It's an easy one to do because it it was a zero hours contract effectively that I was on. So it was, uh, that's it, thank you very much, off you go. Um, Might've been nice to get a call from somebody in senior management to say, thanks for all you've done in the uh, time that you've been there, what, five years, but maybe that was just asking a little bit too much. Hi there. County fans, I'm Branko Struper and you are listening to Steve Blumers Washing.
2: So let's rewind then to Thursday and Friday when I'm not sure we've ever had such a short-lived glimmer of hope. At Wayne Rooney's press conference on Thursday morning, he was bullish in his belief based on conversations he'd had with administrators that not only preferred bidder announcement was imminent, he said either Thursday evening or, or sometime on Friday, but that he'd be able to renew Phil Jagielka's contract which was about to expire and be able to make at least one loan signing. For Rooney, it seemed that required approvals were now just a formality. Media reports, however, presumably fed by the EFL or the rival clubs themselves, had been emerging throughout the week that there was anger that Derby had been rejecting bids for their players while remaining in administration. And at an EFL board meeting on Thursday, this all seemed to come to a head when it was agreed the administrators would need to provide proof of funds to show the club could finish the season. Now, a new trans- transfer embargo was seemingly imposed, although I'm not sure we ever really came out of one. News of a preferred bidder announcement could not feel further away again, and Phil Jagielka, as we've mentioned a cornerstone of Derby's top six defence, was told his contract could not be renewed, and he has signed and he has since signed for stoke now i think first a disclaimer that i think we often mention is that we're not the the most financially literate or don't pretend to be the three of us or pretend to be experts in the legalese of administration and insolvency and it certainly doesn't help that the efl appear to be kind of making up some of these rules and requirements as they go along every time derby whether on or off the pitch appear to make some progress another blow is dealt and it now does appear, certainly from the from what the EFL and administrators have said or leaked, but the sticking point is the compensation claims being made by Middlesbrough and Wickham Wanderers. Now, we have discussed those two claims in detail previously in our last podcast, but how they are or are not dealt with appears to hold the keys to Derby's destiny. Securing proof of funds, presumably either through player sales or early commitment from a preferred bidder, is ultimately what's needed, but those claims, those compensation claims, appear to be holding up the latter from being an option so Tom there have been obviously some pretty dark moments since we entered administration last year how bleak did the situation feel for you on on Friday night and and Saturday morning before the players gave us a lift uh
1: january 14th will go down with september 17th as one of the worst days as a derby county fan I, I was at work and uh was in the classroom for most of this sort of afternoon from 11 till about 3 30, 4 o'clock and i came back to my phone to a number of whatsapps from you guys in our whatsapp group and the discord chat just going absolutely mad and i was like what on earth has happened i didn't know i had no idea because i hadn't been following it or seen anything and then i managed to sort of catch up around or sort of seven o'clock uh that evening and, and sort of go through the very sort of Twitter conversations and all the chats that were happening and I was just like I thought yesterday we were going to get a preferred bidder I had that there was that small glimmer of hope like we've heard it before but when Rooney said uh, it seems like we're going to be able to announce something tonight or tomorrow I was like okay so Rooney's now saying that and I, I believe him and someone's fed Rooney presumably like a pack of lies somewhere and I don't understand I don't, I don't understand and I'm so angry about it that I, I can't really verbalise it but someone or something is screwing this club over. And it's not just a administration relegation sort of thing. It's, do we have a football club? And that's that's the worry. And it's something that we talked about way back in September about administration. I still couldn't get my head around the money we owe and the value of the club, like why perhaps anyone would come in for us. And I still thought that liquidation was a real serious possibility at that point. And it seemed that there were lots of positive noises coming out and I, I can't see us getting out of this.
2: I really can't. And I'm preparing myself for the absolute worst. I mean, Tom, you mentioned there, obviously, there's there's someone or something which is seriously screwing our club. But obviously, it's important to mention Mel Morris has screwed our club. Mel Morris is the person to put us in this situation. Mel Morris is the one to have pissed off the rest of the football league. Mel Morris is the one that didn't pay a near £30 million tax bill for Derby County or, or oversaw Derby County, not paying that rising £30 million tax bill. But obviously, there are now other elements at play. And seemingly, other, without wanting to sound like a conspiracy theorist, other forces at play, stopping Derby from, from progressing. And when so it seems that the tipping point has now been reached among Derby fans and, and genuine anger at the EFL, other championship clubs. People are really starting to realise just how conflicted the whole way, not just the Football League and the Championship, but the whole of football is run. It's self-regulated yeah there's there's Middlesbrough obviously uh their claims against Derby are well known but because other clubs make decisions about Derby currently there and there's other clubs who are immediately above Derby and can see Derby chasing them down and obviously don't like the idea that we could strengthen the squad or keep hold of our players they, they they see a chance to send another team down I think I think that's as cynical as it is at the moment from the kind of teams immediately above Derby but the other championship clubs as I said are essentially the ones calling the shots through the EFL and then particularly Millsborough, of course, and I think to a lesser extent Wickham. And anger at all of those parties has, has really broken out. It was nice to see George Ellick and, and Colin Murray discuss the situation on Quest last night to call on the EFL and, and Steve Gibson and others to find a solution to prevent the possibility of Derby being liquidated come February the 1st. How, how, close to, how close to doomsday does it feel to you, Anton?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it feels very close. I, I would echo everything that, that Tom said a a few moments ago really um i mean what's become clear is that the whole process and the whole system is a complete mess and Everyone's got so many conflicted interests that it's trying to be played out in such a perilous situation for, for Derby. And, and you raise the point of, around clubs wanting to relegate Derby. I, I think there has to be some kind of realisation that it's, it's not just about relegating this football club. It's about putting one of the former members of the Football League out of business. And it's, it is as big as that and as serious as that. And it's really positive, I think, that the likes of George Ellick and, and some of the, the nationals are starting to pick this up because I, I do really think it's it's hugely important that it does get a little bit more coverage um, because something has to budge, something has to change because at, at the moment it, it seems like we're at a bit of a standoff with all of the parties involved either the EFL have to change their stance on it, Middlesbrough and Wickham have to um, kind of come up with some some kind of agreement or there has to be some kind of money raised which at the moment we don't know where that's coming from so something has to happen and I, I think we need some kind of input from national media to try and save this football club because
1: at, at the moment I just don't see where we go next. As, as a football fan I watched on in horror as the events surrounding berry fc went down with steve dale and was gutted like absolutely devastated when that club went under as a, a sort of a major in fact i think they themselves like derby were a founder of the football league and a certainly historic club through the through the years and i, I i'm now seeing derby and whatever's happening here they're just sleepwalking into the same thing and that's my biggest fear that there is there's going to be a sudden like oh you've got until tomorrow it's like what do you mean you've got until tomorrow and then it's just going to just going to go part way through the season and that's the fear but you're right Mel Morris is ultimately responsible for this but there's also buck to lie elsewhere because Derby clear did something wrong with the amortization and been through that and and it was questioned and there was an independent panel which let's not forget the first time that they looked into this they fined Derby a hundred thousand pound and said that's 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 your fine an independent footballing panel found that the EFL appealed it and they kept appealing and kept appealing so fine Derby might have done something wrong but I think they did did this wrong and the EFL weren't really clear on their rules because Clearly the independent panel didn't back them. And Darby's have now been punished for that. They've had the six point deduction. Mel Morris is clearly been fed up with it and then he's pulled the plug on Derby which has put us in administration that's Mel's decision that's Mel's fault we've got the 12 point fine from that we're going to lose our assets and our players we're going to get relegated from, from the championship but that, they are the impacts on on all that we're trying to get the administrators at Quantuma are clearly trying to get us onto some sort of level level playing field where we can sort of save the club and, and come out of administration and try and build back better in the future to use that awful phrase that the Tories are, are using what or coming up with whilst they drink and have a nice little work party um so we're trying to do, trying to do that and it seems that someone somewhere in this current climate in January 2022 is stopping us from doing that and I don't know who it is is it the administrators for not being clear and and honest is it the uh, EFL is it Coo and, and Gibson at Wickham and Borough resp- respectively is it an amalgamation of all three quite possibly we don't know we don't understand but what is clear is that something needs to happen and something needs to happen very very quickly and it needs to be positive news for us
2: well, one of the ways Derby fans and hopefully the wider football community has mobilised is by launching a petition by Adam Boddington, calling on the sports minister, currently Nadine Dorries, to scrutinise the ongoing impasse between the EFL and Derby. And at time of recording, the petition was nearing 25,000 signatures in less than uh, 24 hours. I expect that will continue to rise uh, throughout Sunday and Monday. Specifically, the petition calls out the claims being made by Millsborough and Wickham, highlighting that the law in England and Wales provides that no legal process or proceedings may be commenced or continued with against the company in administration or its property without either the administrator's consent or the permission of the court. The petition goes on to say the outstanding compensation claims appear to go against the law. Anton does what's happening on the pitch and the, as we've discussed in the first half the incredible performances and the fact they have actually they are making a fighting chance of staying up on current form they'd stay up does it make what's happening off the pitch even more heartbreaking without a doubt I, I think the two probably go hand in hand a little bit
0: because I think the emotion and the passion of the players on the pitch has probably been helped a little bit by what's going, going on. They've, on they've embraced on, it and they're, yeah. they're channeling it aren't they yeah it, it does make it an even more bitter pill to swallow certainly but what's important to remember is that that's the best that the players and the staff can do that's that's the influence that they can have on this situation and we've got to remember that we need to find a preferred bidder to get out of this and the more points that we pick up the closer that we get to that relegation line the more attractive this club becomes and it feels like the the most logical next step is is to raise that seven million pounds through one of the preferred bidders stumping up that short-term cash I, I don't know how we can raise that money from player sales alone and still have a team to, to put out every Saturday I, I don't think that's realistic so we, we need either Ashley or Appleby or or, or one of the preferred bidders to to stump up that seven million pounds if there's a a chance that we can avoid relegation somehow then that becomes a much more attractive proposition so we can only hope that the players continue to play the way they are continue to make this club a more attractive um, purchase and that is hopefully um, gives us a, a more positive next step
2: yeah as you said and we'll, and we'll come on to player sales in a second that yeah the way to raise the efl that the numbers going around is that there needs to be seven million pound proof of funds to see us through to the end of the season that that money is either going to come from one of three sources i imagine one is selling players i don't know how you get seven million pounds by selling our, our players if if the numbers are correct that f- should he's going for thirty thousand pounds the second option preferably would be that a preferred bidder will put that money down as a kind of non-refundable deposit to fund the club to the end of the season while they complete the takeover that obviously won't be appealing and doesn't appear to be on the table currently from the preferred bidders uh, and then the third one would be some kind of loan but i don't imagine derby will be getting any more loans from commercial lenders uh, in the situation they're in i mean not certainly not a rate that would be feasible so it's either player sales or the the preferred bit of putting down a a deposit or a combination of the both which is going to see us kind of satisfy the EFL and we'll come on as I said we'll come on to it in a second but I don't know how the EFL and clubs telling us to accept we have to accept bids for players I don't know how that helps us raise the right amount of money Because it completely devalues every single player in that
1: squad. I'd I'd love to know what the bid from Millwall was for Sibley, because it's not going to be big. And I'd love to know what the bid from whatever club it was for Buchanan was. Suppose there's Premier League interest in Buchanan. Yeah. So I mean buchanan is a highly rated 20 year old left back and he's we had a return down off of 1.2 million from forest granted local rivals so we don't want to sell to them anyway but i would have probably taken 1.2 1.3 million for him in the summer and especially the weird thing about the buchanan thing was that there's the end of august and less than a month later we were in administration if we were that desperate for money and that close to going to administration we'd have accepted that which is where we come back to morris being at fault for this and he's pulled the rug from under us uh, and he's the he's the person we we need to blame Ultimately, for all the mess that we are in, but clearly, therefore, Buchanan should be of value, five hundred thousand to a million at least for for him. And if we're not getting a bid that's acceptable, and uh, Nixon at, at the Sun has reported that shinny's going for thirty thousand. So you're saving on his wages. So we estimate perhaps two hundred thousand plus maybe some bonuses here and there for wins and appearance fees and things like that. So maybe a total of saving of between two hundred thirty and three hundred thousand for the club. Okay, so that's six point seven million left to go. I mean, what we're we going to do next? Because most of our players are out of contract, and if we're going to sell Buchanan for a million, that still got five point seven million left. I mean, we're going to end up with no players. how do we play? Do we then appeal to have all our games postponed because we haven't got a team? Like, what? what is this? It's ridiculous.
2: What I really don't understand is I kind of just repeating myself, but if the EFL actually care about creditors getting the best deal possible, making us sell off players at 10% of their value is not the best way to go about it. Like, Derby's best hope now is that you get two Premier League clubs who both desperately want Jason Knight, for example. And then you could try, and all the same thing for Lee Buchanan, all the same thing for Max Bird. But, There is no money in the championship at the moment. Clubs will look at Derby and go, if we can get Max Burden the cheap, we'll try it, but we're not going to go above X figure, which is probably like less than half of his actual value. So I don't know how the EFL and rival clubs think this is in any, apart from helping their own self-interests of escaping relegation themselves or challenging for promotion, I don't know how they think selling off the crown jewels, so to speak, particularly when it comes to the young players, is going to help Derby... Satisfy creditors and exit administration I I don't think that doesn't appear to be their goal it comes I mean according
1: to the I think it's either the Times or Telegraph today uh, Leeds, Burnley and potentially Newcastle are are looking at Jason Knight which I totally understand he's for me like in terms of Bielsa and Leeds he looks like that sort of player runs and runs I think he'd fit well there but it also comes back to let's go back in Derby County recent history Tom Huddleston Gregor Raziak, these players who were sold, who were Will Hughes even, I know it's slightly different with Hughes, but we were in financial problems when we sold Huddleston and Raziak. We sold them for way under value just to try and keep the club afloat. And the same thing is going to happen. And as you say, like, it doesn't seem to make sense that Knight's maybe five, six million pound worth of footballer and we're going to sell him for one, two million pound or something if, if like we are lucky by yeah. looks of it and that's that's just that's that's outrageous and i the fact that as you say if the efl really care about these creditors like they need to support the club in getting themselves back into a position so we can pay back those debts and i absolutely 100 percent believe that football clubs should pay back their debts especially to those small creditors and the only way of doing that is by getting support to get the club back up and running and being taken over
2: so they can repay those debts I do, I do think it's madness that, and this is maybe, I don't know what Tracy Crouch's uh, independent fan-led review says about this, that football creditors are so much prioritised over all other creditors. In this situation because it just in, it, it exasperates the conflicts of interest that are already there and you know what our arsenal you know arsenal are look not, i'm not saying we shouldn't pay the money we owe arsenal but arsenal are definitely not more important than the local cameraman that has 10,000 pounds of outstanding uh, invoices that haven't been paid by derby county who, or, who will miss that money most <laughs> yeah exactly They're, he's gonna miss that money a lot more than arsenal are gonna miss five million pounds so yeah, it's really hard to come up with new words that haven't already been said about this situation. And as we said, uh, we're not the most financially or legally literate, but from a common sense perspective, it, it looks bizarre is, is the polite way, I guess, of putting it. But outside then of the growing number of signatures on that petition and, and other lobbying efforts, they do they do appear to be getting some attention. Andrew Bridgen, MP for Northwest Leicestershire, tweeted on Saturday night that he'd written to the sports minister and the EFL concerning the matter and was seeking a meeting to discuss it further political pressure will, will certainly help more I and mean, we'd welcome obviously more uh, local MPs to the region to do the same. Uh, in the administrator's statement this week they said they, they still had three bids on the table. We know one of them is from a consortium led by Andy Appleby and Jez Moxie. Uh, we're pretty certain another of them is former Newcastle owner Mike Ashley. Uh, not entirely sure who the other one is. Uh, that, that third bid seems to be come out of the blue actually. Uh, former Derby County owner Peter Gadsby has been mentioned Uh, previously so perhaps it's him but it does seem however that at present none of those bidders are prepared to put up the money to either satisfy the financing of the club in the immediate term to see out the season or settle the borough uh, and Wickham claims quickly Um, the Sun do seem to be reporting today that Mike Ashley is open to settling it kind of almost personally, I think, with with Steve Gibson, the Millsborough issue, which is definitely the bigger one of the two, uh, whereas the Applebee consortium uh, favor kind of going through arbitration, which I think would then... Mean the the process would drag would drag on and for, for the rest of the season before even they could be named as preferred bidder. So uh, I might have got that a bit wrong, but that seems to be there seems to be two different strategies from Mike Ashley and Andy Appleby uh, on on how this is going to proceed. Yeah, what what confuses me still,
0: um, and I've I've listened to to many people try and explain the whole situation. Simon Stone had had a really good session on Radio Derby on Friday night, which which certainly helped with my understanding. But what still un- confuses me is. Is how the the legal cases with middlesbrough and wickham can be treated as football creditors at the moment when when it hasn't gone through any legal battle yet there's there's not, not been any confirmation that we should in fact owe those clubs any money and obviously the noise from from a derby county perspective is that absolutely we shouldn't actually owe any money to to those clubs so how can that be treated as a creditor when we don't actually owe any money yet it it seems bizarre to me I i can understand that any potential buyer would have to show proof that they could go through a legal battle and could potentially pay that money in the long term if if we were unsuccessful with the legal battle but we shouldn't have to pay anything now because we don't actually only only
2: owe any money now the story by the son regarding mike actually thinks he could maybe settle this personally with with steve gibson i'd, I'd welcome it if, if it's possible but it kind of re- re-emphasizes the fact everyone's playing a game all the parties involved they're all they're all yeah, posturing bluffing and it's probably for the sake of five hundred thousand pounds like, you know what I mean? It's going to come down to what is a relatively short change for these people involved. And that's what's so frustrating as fans as we watch on by. And Mel Morris has a role to play here because Mel Morris is still holding on to the stadium and is charging whatever number he's charging for the stadium. If he dropped that number by a couple of million, it might make the difference in a preferred bit of going, OK, yeah, we can put the seven million in to fund it because there's, it gives them a bit more breathing space. So every single person involved has a role to play to get to the right Numbers, whatever they are, to make sure this club survives the rest of the season. Look, I think we'd all take right now, getting relegated, but surviving. We'd all take that right now. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I mean, relegation for me, regardless of this derby team's great, and I'm loving the fact that we're making a battle on it. I was really obviously disappointed with the points deductions but there was almost ex- I've accepted relegation and the fact that there's a bit of hope there I've learned that hope is obviously the the ultimate killer as we've seen in the cricket this morning I'm not getting hopeful about Derby staying up and I'm just like Derby are going to get relegated that's fine but I'd want to have a club to support on August the 3rd 2022 whenever the new season starts and be able to go to that club in league 1 um, and if we do stay up then fantastic but realistically the club needs to survive
2: so yeah hopefully we have a club uh, to support next season and if we do and it sounds like it certainly looks like that the the makeup of the team will be quite a bit different whatever division we are in because all of the situation we've just discussed means that the administrators look like they're going to to need to sell players to get cash into the club we've already let sound bulldog go David Marshall was sold to QPR in the week and Graham Shinney as we've mentioned uh, is on the way out the door seemingly to Wigan uh, and Phil Jagielka has signed for Stoke, and you get the feeling that is just the beginning. Now, important to mention, I think I think this is particularly in the case of Graham Shinney and Phil Jagielka. Wayne Rooney said neither of them wanted to leave the club. Phil Jagielka had already had offers for him previously in the month, which Derby had turned down, and he was offered um, more money elsewhere. But Phil Jagielka as with Graham Schinney, believed in the project, believed in the team and wanted to stick around. But they've, I think, essentially been told, in the case of Jagielka, obviously his contract wasn't getting renewed. And I think Graham Schinney was told, actually, it's best for you and for us, sorry, if if you leave the club uh, and we'll take the 30k or whatever it is from Wigan. And I think more importantly, have his wages off the off the wage bill. So, but first, I guess a few words on, on the players that we have already seen leave this week Tom uh, let's start maybe with uh, the the two one who hasn't been here very long and the other who has kind of has had kind of an inconsistent spell Sam Bulldock and, and David Marshall what are your reflections on, on those two um, great debut goal from Baldock did yeah. did what he could but
1: ultimately I think was was like a, a relatively limited forward player I'd have liked to have seen him at Derby five or six years ago when he was in his peak and banging goals in for MK Dons I think it was yeah that? and he was, a, he was obviously a great player maybe injuries have not quite allowed his career to, to really kick off but, um But yeah, so thanks very much for your efforts, Sam, and I hope he finds another club this this year. And that whole goal on his debut in August, that really set us on the way to the position on the field that we're in at the moment. So so yeah, great finish. He, he
0: did an important job for us as well. At, at the time we were very limited in, in that position. He came in, he worked hard, he, we know he was limited, but scored scored a goal that, that got us three points and, and filled that gap while we were waiting for the likes of CKR to come back in and then the likes of Plange to come through. So yeah, did, did a really- Really good job for us.
2: Yeah, and I think obviously, yeah, injuries previously in his career has hampered him. I think injuries at Derby County have hampered him as well. That opened the door for people like Luke Plange to come in. We've had we've seen a real resurgence from Ckr, so he probably did drop down to that kind of third choice central striker. And you've got also Jack Stratton competing for that spot, who seems like a similar type of striker. David David Marshall. You know, we talk a lot about goalkeepers on this podcast, and we've talked a lot about David Marshall over the over the past uh, year and a half. Obviously, something you know not quite right there between him and Wayne Rooney. Perhaps Wayne Rooney didn't fancy him. We we've heard that um, Marshall was asked for a move in the summer, which then didn't materialise. And and Wayne Rooney's really thought, okay, well you're now my third choice because Ruse and they and brought in Allsop seem seem more committed. I mean, it's a tough one, Marshall, because he was kind of sold as a a model of consistency. Maybe not the greatest championship goalkeeper, but a solid, reliable championship goalkeeper, and actually. It was kind of the opposite. Well, he had a decent first half of the season, and then he made that horrendous howler,
1: at Forest, didn't he? Um, when he then and then also he came off injured, and I don't think Rooney. That was liked, that Pride Park? Yeah, yeah. They, they just sort of let a really soft shot underneath him, and then um, yeah, and then like, he came off injured, and I don't think Rooney liked that attitude, and then obviously asking for a move and not getting it, he might well be the technically the best goalkeeper at the club uh, this season but he's not played and both Bulldog and Marshall leaving makes perfect sense and also I think Marshall's probably a big earner so I wish him all the best he played for QPR yesterday and did all right supposedly so yeah hopefully he has a good final bits of his career.
2: Graham Shinney's had an interesting Derby career signed originally by... Frank Lampard on a free transfer before Lampard then left and Philip Koku came in. Koku certainly didn't fancy him in that first season. Uh, was really kind of reluctant to play. He seemed like the anti-Koku really because should he kind of, yeah, I think he has got more quality on, on the ball than maybe people initially realised. But you know, he was kind of a workhorse, a gritty kind of typical British kind of uh, number eight type of midfielder, a battler. Uh, but he kind of proved Koku wrong and, and did make his way into the team and has and has been a huge part of a lot of particularly a lot of those real battling efforts Derby have put in this season and, and the back end of last season Yeah and he,
0: he's become or well, he, he became a bit of a fan favourite really over the last 12 to 18 months and it's clear to see why that was the case because he always puts in 100% He he always really fights for for the shirt and even in difficult times when when we weren't playing well he was probably one of the the few consistent players um on the pitch and one of the first names on the team sheet for a while um towards the start of this season and the back end of last season really sad to see him go certainly but when you look at on the face of it centre midfield is probably where we have most cover so it does make sense and I'd probably rather see someone like Shinny go than obviously the likes of Knight or
1: Bird or Thompson in the middle yeah absolutely agree and let this one sink in for you Shinny we made a profit on him that says That's a lot sorry. about the mess that Derby County have been in. You can't say that for many players that we've signed exactly. in, in recent times. And one of Frank Lampard's positive signings, when you consider like your Joseph Zoon and Malone and stuff, how much they cost and how how little we've got back from them. With Shinny, he scored six goals in uh, 85. Um, and I think just a few bits highlights for myself. I don't know which one you prefer here the Wigan goal the left footed scream in the last minute which was his first goal set up two in the home game against Stoke which was a real resurgent performance that butte, liquid football of a pass against QPR for Tom Lawrence to score that goal Uh, and then obviously Coventry City away that equaliser so favourite moment The,
0: the Coventry one was obviously very good for us we were all there at that game and great scenes in the away and the one that sticks for me is is the Wigan goal because it was it was such a good goal and obviously very late in the game to win 1-0 again great scenes uh, for for that goal what we've what we've seen from Graham Shinney over the last 12 months is actually his technical ability is is much better than we we first thought we we thought he was just a bit of a, a workhorse bulldog in in the middle of the park which he certainly is but the likes of that goal and, and the pass that he made for, for several assists have, have shown that he's got that technical ability and, and he'll do a really good job for, for any club, certainly Wigan in League One. He's magic, you know.
2: He is a Scottish polo I still think he's a Scottish gratuso, but he's uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go. a, a good chance and I've enjoyed singing it uh, at away matches in the last couple of years. Phil Jagielka then, has any player made such an impact in such a short period of time I mean Leon Osman maybe springs to mind as, as a loan signing obviously we had a whole season out of people like Mason Mount Harry Wilson and, and Tamori. but Jagiel coming in on a free transfer again 39 years old hasn't really put a foot wrong has definitely not looked his age he's the biggest miss isn't he of, of those four we've already lost he's the biggest miss you have to say so because
0: him and Davis have struck up such a partnership at the back and, and they're the biggest
2: reason why we've got I think the third best defensive record in the league who knew you don't need pace in the (laughs) in a championship back four yeah I mean
0: experience and positioning counts for, for much more than, than pace and as you say I don't
1: think he has put a foot wrong excellent signing and he's been a great player over the years for, for Everton and for England and, and, and other clubs that he's, he's represented um, he had an interview with the I think it was a Stoke Sentinel it might have, be a different local paper but he said this um, how would, when asked how was it to, to leave Derby County he said uh, massively difficult not because I didn't want to come here Stoke it was difficult because they gave me a chance to prolong my career and gave me another chance in the championship and help me enjoy playing football and you definitely saw that I've had a positive six months in a really tough situation and unfortunately it looks like the situation is not getting any easier a little bit tougher and the decisions were taken and it wasn't possible as soon as I had a chat and things looked like they could progress here at Stoke there was no point in me looking elsewhere close to Derby not too far away so he's clearly set up very nicely there he would be more than happy as you said at the, at the beginning of this section that to stay at Derby and unfortunately it's not been able to happen and I, I'm sure it be an excellent signing for Stoke for the rest of the season
2: yeah no good luck to Phil Jagielka I'm glad it's for a, a club which is at the top end of the championship and not battling with us because if he turned up at, at Reading or Peterborough or, or Barnsley or whoever it would have been a, a kind of a double shot a shot in the foot but uh yeah good luck to Phil Jagielka for the rest of this season and maybe hopefully uh, another couple more years as well it Certainly it looks like he shouldn't be uh, retiring anytime soon so We've lost those four already. Obviously, the the hyenas are circling around many, many not just quality young players, but also very much bang in form players across the park for Derby. You can make a case for almost any single one of those players uh, being attractive to a, a rival championship club to sign, and and possibly some Premier League clubs. It's a pretty open ended question and a hard one to answer. But how many and who? of the current players could we afford to lose and still I'm not, I'm not going to say give us a chance of survival but remain competitive to flirt with survival shall we say who, who would be the biggest loss now do you think yeah
1: I think the biggest loss at this particular time would obviously be Jason Knight I think also obviously Lawrence would be a big loss uh, in there uh, I think players that we maybe realistically could afford to lose and, and not to have too much of an impact on the immediate first team team squad. I think you'd be looking at maybe Yosviak to go. And if we're having to make money, um, and I hate to say this, Belic maybe he hasn't played the season, so obviously he would definitely improve this derby team. But if we need to sell a player in order to to keep the club going, we sell Belic if we can make if we can make decent money. His, on his him. value is probably at an all time low, or certainly a five year low. Yeah, you, you would have to say after his injuries, it's got to make sure that we can pay arsenal back for whatever money we owe them
2: but um but yeah i think Josviak for me is the obvious one to say right But he's another one where presumably the wages i've got i've got no idea to honest, but he's but we only more than graham Shinny i imagine come on just that yeah, thought so. so it's more about getting his wages off the wage bill i mean I, I can't see us actually in the situation the efl have put us in i can't see us receiving bids of more than a million pounds for any player because why why would clubs offer that I think our best chance is if Jason Knight or Lee Buchanan are wanted by two or more Premier League clubs and there's a bit of a bidding war because those clubs have money no one in the championship has money no clubs in the championship has money because everyone else is in a bloody perilous state as well i don't think knight's going to go to a
1: championship team he's going to go to a premier league team and buchanan well i don't think he's going to necessarily go to a premier league team but there was supposedly interest so that's the only sort of hope and as you say like if we're going to get picked off then that's unfortunately that's that's what happens in the administration it's what happened to wigan and clubs come back from this so it's it's awful at the moment and it's, it's gutting uh at the moment but the, my big hope is that the likes of Ebisele and Thompson and Williams and stuff like that, and Plange even, don't get sold and they're still with us next year. So they're what we base the team around, alongside Curtis Davis, uh, who hopefully can sign a new contract and, and and stick with the club. That's what I that's what I hope. And so they're the players that I really want to make sure we keep. And I understand that the likes of Bird, Knight. Etc. they're gonna they're gonna go and that's what we need to, to realise.
0: Yeah, well I mean without a doubt those academy graduates are the future of this football club if if we can get through the next month and this season and still have a club to, to support next season, we will be left with those academy prospects. And and that's probably been the, the biggest positive out of the whole football club over the last few years. The fact that we do have such a talented academy and we have put so much money and, and time into it that we can, we can kind of progress into next season by making use of those academy prospects
2: yeah for me for me the only way Derby continue to have a chance to survive this season in the championship or even the chance to try and survive is if a preferred bidder is already talking to the administrators today to say, you know what, I can actually put down the extra funds to see the club through for the rest of the season and they're announced on Monday or Tuesday. If it gets beyond middle of next week and, and there's been no movement there, I think that fire sale will begin in earnest. I just want to make one last point before we go on to a bit of trivia. We've got Forest on Saturday and it's probably one of the best runs of forms we've been in going into a, a local derby for a long time and I'm almost welling up just thinking about it because I'd love to see that club, that team, sorry, that particularly the young players who have had some tough games against Forest the last couple of years given the chance to stake a claim at the city ground because I think if you take Saturday's team and performance and put it against a really informed Forest team actually you've got to make it a decent game for once isn't it so I'm just hoping that the team is able to stick together one more week at least
0: yeah and even if we do Go down and the the worst happens. If we can absolutely batter Forest on the way out, that would that would, uh, that would be quite
1: nice. Smash Forest, close the close the door, and switch off the lights. See you later. Yeah, I've got a mate who I play football with, who's a Forest fan, and he's missing our game next week because he's going up. And he did offer me a ticket in the Forest end. I said I, I could I couldn't do it, mate, because as soon as we score, then I'll be celebrating in your face. He's like he said to me, he's like well, you're not going to score. I was like we absolutely are going to score next week. So I'm hopeful that it's just a good game because some of the games we've watched Derby Forest over the last few years have been awful and they're really painful to watch not just because of the pressure and the, the intensity of the rival but because they're just awful games of football but Forrester are doing alright at the moment and they scored a, a good late goal last yesterday against uh, Millwall and obviously Derby in a good run of form so hopefully a, a good game of football where two teams go at it and um, but I just want to see the Derby eleven. Uh, how many Derby have forced into seven changes because we sold seven players. Like, and then we're playing a load of young players who we've never heard of kind of thing or have never been near the first team. That's the fear, but I guess that's just what's going to, ha- what could well happen.
2: Yeah, no, it would be it would be devastating to see the club, uh, the team stripped uh, in advance of that Forest game, and then the Sunday after we've got Birmingham City at home on uh, I think Sunday the 30th of January, uh, which could well be a very very emotional day uh, whichever way this works out over the next two weeks. Okay, well uh, thanks Tommy Anton for for that. It's been a, it's been a fun and very tough episode to record, but let's finish on some uh, light-hearted trivia. Uh, I'm going to play. We're going to play. Where Ram I? So I will. I've got a stadium in mind a football league stadium in mind and uh, I'm going to give some clues and Tom and Anton have to shout out their names to have one guess uh, after each clue so first clue is I am a 120 mile drive from Pride Park Tom cardiff city no i do do much prefer chris goes easy on this i do like to have a name of the stadium but uh no it's not it's not uh, I'm, I'm rubbish at stadium names i was, anton
0: um i think it's now called the lner stadium lincoln city
2: oh that's a nice name for a stadium actually uh but uh no it's not lincoln city uh i have been a football league stadium since 2017 so a relatively new one uh Tom I think I've is
1: this a local to the Cutch Dog Forest Green Rovers and uh, it's the New Lawn is it
2: it's actually the fully charged New Lawn oh, close. <laughs> <laughs> after uh, after a, re- a rebrand and uh, yes Tom you're correct it is uh, the new I knew you'd probably think I was going to go down that route yeah, yeah. I, I can't
1: wait to go there to be honest they're top of the league unfortunately conceded
2: against Northampton Town
1: uh, yesterday uh, to draw one all top of the table clash but they look like they're going to get promoted to League One and if, if what happens uh, what I think will happen and we get relegated and we can get an opportunity to go there I know we went there in the FA Cup a few years ago and won 4-3 having been 2-0 down so
2: yeah I've been to to a few home games there and it's a lovely part of the world you can walk from my parents house which I imagine we'll be doing Uh, the other clues for that were Derby have visited the ground just once that visit was a 2009 FA Cup tie that finished 4-3 to the Rams the club that plays there was the first in the world to be certified carbon neutral in 2018 and my final clue was going to be Derby may well be playing there next season if that's Derby are relegated and fingers crossed uh, I'm hoping for screen Rovers are promoted so uh, yeah thank you very much uh, Anton thank you for uh, hosting us it's been a pleasure to be here cheers thanks for coming and Tom uh, I'll see you maybe at Pride Park in two weeks time indeed all the best cheers Rams fans take care